welcome to the Reawakened Mom podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Clampett. I am so grateful you're here. This show is for you if you find yourself always putting others' needs before yours. You naturally take care of others first. You find yourself in constant comparison with other moms. You put your dreams, goals, ambitions, and passions on hold. If you've raised your hand and said, that's me, this show is for you. You are not alone. My goal with this podcast is to show you it doesn't have to be this way. I invite you to join the weekly conversations and learn mom hacks, proven strategies, techniques, and mindset tips to reawaken who you truly are. Some episodes, I'll be here riding solo and riffing on a specific topic. Other weeks, I'll invite moms and experts to share their stories and journeys on how they reawakened their life. We need your voice out in this world, so stop hiding, stop dimming, stop following, and start knowing, shining, and leading because you are not alone. Let's reawaken the passion living inside of you together. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reawakened Mom podcast. And this is an anniversary podcast episode. So today is May the 17th. And two days ago, May the 15th, was my 18-year wedding anniversary with my husband. We were married on May 15th, 2004 at the beach. We live in Lewis, Delaware. We were married in Rehoboth, Delaware. It was an absolutely really warm day. And back in the day in Rehoboth, before they had the sand dunes built up, you could actually sit on the chair or on the benches and you could see what was happening on the beach. So you could actually look over and you could see if there was a wedding. You could see all of these different things. And I remember we were staying at the hotel there and I walked down. And I hadn't really been emotional most of the day. I hadn't actually eaten, uh, which is why I felt sick along a little bit later. Uh, that was crazy. But I remember walking down with my dad and my bridesmaids and, you know, the flower girls. And we were walking down to where the steps were. And you looked at the steps where I was getting ready to walk down. And the chairs were set up. And we had a violinist playing on the beach. And then there was Mike and Slater and all the, the groomsmen. And... Actually, no, the groomsmen maybe were up with us because they walked the girls down. The, they walked all the bridesmaids down. But I always say this is when my mom and Betty like totally like slapped me across the face and said, straighten up. Like, why are you crying? This is an amazing day. Enjoy it. Have fun. Smile. But we were getting ready to walk down the stairs and I was getting all like choked up. You know, like I've been thinking about this day and dreaming about this day since I was a little girl. And look how magical this is. And everything fell into place. And it's just so beautiful. And I started to like cry and get upset. All of a sudden, my veil, you know, was over my face, started flipping and floating all around like my head, like a whirlwind, like a tornado. And I started just laughing and laughing. And I just knew that was my mom and Betty who was with me saying, come on, enjoy this, lighten up, have a good laugh enjoy this day and this experience and really be in the moment. And so then I was fine, but I just remember that so vividly and then walking down and we had all thrown our shoes off and the sand felt so amazing. And, you know, it was a great, you know, showcase of our love for each other and us joining as one and Slater had given Slater, who is my stepson. uh, He was, I think, nine, 10, 11 
or 12 at the time I'd given up my pocket watch just to kind of show like my love for him and like how we were, you know, going to be one family. So it was just such a special day, but you know, here we are 18 years later and 18 years of marriage is, is a long time. At some point that will be half of my life. I guess as we, I continue to age, I'll have been married longer than I haven't, but I haven't gotten there yet, but 18 years, I feel like is very, it's a long time. And I did not look up. I wonder if I could look it up real quick. I'm just looking up average length of a marriage. Oh, okay. The average length of a marriage in the United States is 19.9 years. That's interesting. While the national average marriage length is just under 20 years, couples in Maine and West Virginia typically have the longest lasting unions. Oh my goodness. That is crazy. Okay. So I just wanted to, that's so interesting. Just about 70% of married couples in the United States make it to their 10th wedding anniversary. What percentage of couples make it to 20 years? The likelihood of a couple making it to their 20th anniversary drops to 50% after their 10-year wedding anniversary. Wow. And women initiate almost 70% of divorces. Okay. Sorry. I just looked that up and it came from creditdonkey.com. So I don't even know what that is. I just looked it up super quickly and just wanted to uh, read that to you real quick. But gosh, that's cool. I didn't know. I didn't think that marriage is like 19.9 years, I guess, is an average. Cool. I don't know. I'll fact check that like after this podcast episode. And if something changes, I'll put it in the notes. But the real reason for me coming to this is I wanted to talk to you about what I've kind of learned and my top like 13 tips for being in a marriage, being in that long lasting relationship, right? You've made that commitment to each other till death do us part. You know, there's a lot of stats on how many people actually get divorced. And so I wanted to kind of come to you what I've learned, still working on, still all the things after 18 years of marriage. So number one, and these are in no specific order, but when I just was sitting here before I wrote, I started this podcast recording, I wrote these down. First one is communication. Communication, I feel like is the number one thing that couples probably have a hard time with. And it's just different communication styles, you know, men versus women, maybe personality styles, you know, having control, not having control, like seeing my side of the view. But really, if you come into this bond and this relationship that we are working together, we are a team. Yes, there's some things that, you know, are going to be like, this is what I think, this is what you think. Yes. But if you can communicate in a way that you guys know, like you're on the same team, you're in this together, especially when you have kids, because that adds another layer of stress, another layer of communication, another layer of parenting styles, you know, how I'm bringing my parenting into the situation with our and how I'm going to parent is maybe what I learned from my parents and my husband, maybe how he parents is what he maybe learned from his parents you know, we bring a lot of that history together. So communicating on what things are going on, what things you're doing, what things you want in life, you know, things that you love, things that you enjoy, things that are bothering you, where you want to live, like what you want for your future, like all these different things, like communication, I feel like is key. And also when you're communicating, you know, I like to be a fixer, but I don't always need to fix things, right? So my husband might come to me with something and he just wants me to listen. 
He just wants to vent. He does not want me to try and solve a problem. So, you know, one tip when you are communicating or when you're having conversations with your husband or wife or vice versa, practice the pause, right? If you feel like you're getting heated in a situation and you need to walk away, just pause for a second and say, hey, I'm going to go to bathroom for a minute. I'll be right back. Like, I feel like I'm getting heated. I'm getting hot. I would love to just continue this conversation in a minute. Another thing that you could do for that communication is if you are a fixer like me, but maybe they don't really want something to be fixed. They just want you to listen. You could say, hey, listen, you want me just to listen right now and support you? Or would you like me to offer a solution? So then that way, you know, which hat am I putting on? Am I just going to be here to support you? And you just want me to listen to what's happening. You don't want me to come and solve the problem or offer solutions. And I find that that's really, really helpful. And then it's not like, oh, you never choose my side or you never are thinking this. It's like, hey, we're on the same page here. We're on the same team. We can communicate together. I trust you. So communication is one. Two, giving space. Giving space for your partner to do things that they love, which comes into my next one, which is three. Have your time. So I wrote his time, her time, our time. Or his hobbies, her hobbies, our hobbies. Or her hobbies, her hobbies, our hobbies. Basically, the gist is whether you have a marriage with a man and a woman, a man and a man, a woman and a woman, however your marriage is, to know that you do not have to do everything together. For me, for my situation, marriage to my husband, he can have his friends, he can have his hobbies, I can have my friends. I can have my hobbies. I can do things on my own. He can do things on his own, but then we can come together and then we can do things together. I think this has been something that has been really important to know that a husband and wife or whoever you're married to, you do not have to do everything together, right? You can have your own space. That's what space means. You can have the space to still be who you want to be, even though you're married. You can still have your friends. He can still have friends. You can have friends together. You can do things together and you can do things apart. And that doesn't mean anything other than that's true to being you. Because we all need space, right? I'm assuming now if you are work with your husband or your spouse, you're always together. You do everything together. You parent together. You go out together. You are never apart and you love that. Awesome. But for me, I like to have my space. I like to do things for me. I don't need to always have my husband there. And he doesn't always need to have me there. And I think that's good because I'm still Melissa. I'm still my own person. He is still Michael. He is still his own person. So just think about that. Like in the relationship that you're in, do you have yours? Do they have theirs? And then do you have your thing together? That I think is really a great tip. Number four, share the load. So what this means is making sure that one person is not doing everything unless you've talked about it and that person wants to be doing everything. They love to cook. They love to clean. They love to whatever, take care of the kids, take them to all their appointments, take them to whatever. You really want to share the load so that the one person in the marriage doesn't start to feel resentful. doesn't start to feel like they're doing all the work and there's no one. It's very one-sided. So again, that communication is key. Having that open conversation, what things do I like? 
I don't mind doing the laundry or I don't mind doing the cooking or you mind doing this or I hate cooking. I hate cutting the grass. Whatever it is, do the things that light you up. Take away the womanhood, the manhood. This is what a woman should do. This is what a man should do. No. What do you as the person like to do? We are all different. We are all individual. What lights you up? What do you like to do in your household? You might have somebody that loves to clean. They love to get in there and like clean that toilet and it lights them up. And then when they are done, they are just like, oh, can't wait to go like jump in that bathtub and go get a bubble bath. Like you might have someone that get loves cooking and they love to go and get the groceries and come up with a meal idea and they cut and it's a process and they love it and that fuels them. Maybe you have someone loves to cut the grass, that loves to schedule all the appointments, that loves to drive the kids up. This is where the communication is key, but making sure that you in your relationship, however it is, you are sharing the load. Now, it is never going to look the same for any two marriage. Okay. Don't compare it to what somebody else is doing or what. Yes. Come get ideas, right? Like we can all use each other and be like, oh, that's such a great idea. Like I never even thought of that. I never thought of like sharing this or doing that or asking for help, but that's what we need to do. Now I'm speaking for myself and women and moms that I've talked to, but a lot of the time we take that on from roles that have been in the past, right? When women stayed home, when women did all the cooking, the cleaning, the housekeeping, and then the men went out and worked, that was on the woman's plate, right? That is not today's society. That is not what I'm trying to raise my boys to see like me as the woman and these are the woman roles. No, 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 not in my household. We talk about those things and we share the load together. Even my kids get involved in whatever that may be, the dishes, the trash, like cleaning their own rooms, their own laundry. Like I'm teaching, trying to teach them those things. So first of all, their life skills. But then when they go to college, they have a good handle on some of that. Then when they have a girlfriend or they move out or they get married, if they decide to get married one day, they understand, wait, we work together here. It isn't like one-sided because you're a female or a male and the other side because you are a female or a male. No, we talk about those things we figure out what we like to do individually. And then we figure out how we're going to share that load, how we're going to share the responsibilities in this house. Somebody's doing the finances because they don't like to keep the finances. and The other person loves the finances. So those are things you can also communicate. Number five, be open to changing as a couple. Because let's be honest, like we're not the same couple that we were when we got married 19 years ago or 18 years ago. We're just not right. We're in a different situation. We had different jobs. We were in different circumstances. You know, now we have more kids. We own a restaurant like we have businesses like it's just not the same. So be open to changing as a couple because individually you are changing and there are situations that have come up along the journey of marriage that just change you. Life, death, sickness, health, jobs, moving locations, whatever that may be, there have been situations that have come up that have changed you, one, both, collective, together, as a couple. So be open to that because it's going to happen. You can't go back to the past. Okay. You are both evolving as human beings. So number six, if you need it, go to therapy. 
There is nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing wrong with marriage therapy. If that is something that you need, if you feel like you've tried everything, nothing's working. If you just want to have somebody be that mediator so that you can have a better communication because you're not sure how to talk to each other. There's so many ways that you can use therapy and not even like a typical therapist, but you know, like a life coach for couples. There's so many options out there and to not look at it as like a bad thing or let's hide from this. But hey, if you need it and you see the benefit and you want to save your marriage, if you are in turmoil or despair or thinking there's going to be a divorce, go for it. There is nothing wrong with giving it your all so that if it is worth salvaging, you salvage and you can find someone that fits both of you, right? That's, I'll just leave it at that. Number seven, talk about your vision for the future. Like what that looks like. Here's my vision board up here. Come up with a vision board for your family. Come up with a vision board of individual people, mine, my husband, the boys. And then maybe we have one together, like places we want to travel, things that we want to do collectively, adventures that we want to go on. And as kids get older, sometimes it gets harder because as they're younger, they're willing to like play along and, you know, but Sometimes as kids get older, like it might be harder or they might not be as open or they might not talk as much. So just have fun with it. Be open to sharing your vision for what you want for your future, what you want for your kids, what your kids want. And so those are things you can work on together as a family. How exciting is that? And again, be open to changing because in a relationship, in a household, in a marriage, things change. It is the way of the world. There are not many things that you can control, but you can control your effort, your attitude, your decisions. You cannot control anyone else. You just can't. Even as much as we might want to be the puppeteers, we can't. We can't. Number eight, pay for the things that you can pay for that maybe neither one of you enjoy or things that maybe are taking way too much time where collectively you could maybe pay someone to do that. So then you could be spending that time doing something else. So case in point, cleaning the home. When I left teaching to be a a work at home mom, that was one of the things I was like, I hate cleaning. And I did it for a while. And then I was like, I do not want to spend all these hours once a week, twice a week, however often, like constantly cleaning. I don't want to do it. It's worth it to me to pay someone else to clean so then I can be doing something else. I could have been out playing with my kids. I could be working. I could be doing self-care. I could be doing personal development. I could be fill in the blank, cutting our grass. My husband used to, we have almost an acre. My husband used to have a push mower and he would push our lawn to cut the grass and it would take hours. He had two days off a week. We own a restaurant right now. He was off two days off a week and he would spend all those hours cutting the grass. So that was time that he was missing with myself and the boys where we could have been going to the beach or doing whatever we were doing at that time. And we realized, wait a second, we could actually pay somebody else who was looking for money at the time. Our first people that we paid were our neighbors. They had two twin boys. They were in high school. They were, they wanted to go cut the grass. So we're like, Hey, let's pay them. I don't know at the time, maybe 25, 50 bucks to cut our grass. And my husband doesn't have to do it. We can sell the lawnmower and give someone and pay someone else to do it, right? That abundant mentality that I don't need to be doing everything. We do not need to be doing everything if we have the means to hire somebody else to do it, because then that gives us more time to be doing things together 
or to create more income for our family and make those memories. So if you can, then need someone to do some of those things that you don't enjoy or can give you time back together as a family. So those are just a couple of things, but I'm sure you can think of many, many other things that you could be doing. Maybe it's even planting your grass, your landscaping, you know, all, any of those kinds of things, household things that you might be doing. If you're like a fix it upper yourself, but you could pay somebody to paint or pay somebody to fix something, just do it, right? Like, of course, you maybe could figure out how to do it. But if you could pay someone, then that's their occupation and they are the expert. And it gives you time to then be doing something else and taking care of yourself and spending time with your family. I suggest it. All right. Number nine, have fun. Have fun. Try things together. That's actually nine and 10. Have fun. Try new things together. So not something that you've done before, he's done before. Find things that maybe neither one of you have done so that you can experience that together for the first time. Because after you've been together for quite a long time, then it does. It can start to get stale. It can start to get old. You can start to think, even though it's not true, that you know everything about them. Okay, well, then make some new memories together. Find something out new that maybe you don't know about them and like make it fun. Have a great time together. Laugh together. You know, play different games or board games or go out and experience things. Go bowling. Have some fun together and maybe try a new skill that neither one of you know how to do. 11, and we talked about this a little bit, create great experiences. So do do fun things together. Maybe don't buy each other so many things and items unless that's how you want to live your life. But like have experiences. Those are really the things that you're going to remember when you guys go on trips together, when maybe you go to a concert together, when you do certain, you take an art class together, like whatever that is, maybe create those experiences together versus maybe all the material things and see how it goes. Number 12, enjoy the journey. I mean, I can't get any more simple than that. You know, we say that all the time, like be present, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, but really enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Don't wish away your motherhood. Don't wish away another year. Don't, you know, just be in the moment of where you are living this life together, experiencing the ups, experiencing the downs, all the different things that you have together as much as you can try and enjoy the journey. Obviously there's different situations, you know, that may come up and I'm not telling you if you're in an abusive or some kind of relationship. Yeah. Just enjoy that. But I'm saying in a regular, in a marriage where you're in this together, try to enjoy it as much as you can, because the time that you think maybe is so hard might be the best time because maybe there's more hard coming in the future. Maybe there's amazing coming in the future. But if you're wishing it away, wishing this was easier, wishing whatever, wishing I was older, wishing I was more experienced, whatever the situation may be, then maybe you're not putting everything into yourself, being who you are and being the best that you can be for this marriage. If you're always trying to look ahead or look behind, but try to be right there and enjoy the process. And the last one that I wrote down love each other for who they are. So obviously you got into marriage and you married the person that you're with, hopefully because you loved them. And so, you know, if you look back at kind of all the things that I said earlier about communication and trying new things together and doing all these different things, you're loving that person for who they are, which basically means don't try to change the person that you're married to. You marry them for a reason. Remember that reason. Remember why you got married and yes, you're going to change along the way, but when those times get tough, 
remember those good times as well. When times get tough, that's when you are going to have that open communication. That's when you're going to talk. Maybe that's when you're going to get your therapist. That's maybe when you're going to try and have an experience to be like, oh my gosh, that's right. This is what it's all about. These little moments, because life can be so stressful, right? All the things outside of a marriage and your kids and your job and the world. And if you're watching the news and you're listening to all these negative things, that can build that fear into your life and financial. Oh my gosh, the expense of everything, right? That can add a lot of angst and fear and hatred and resentment potentially into your marriage. But if you're open and you can communicate and you feel comfortable to communicate your wants and needs and asking for help, in a marriage so that you, whoever the you is, this podcast is for mom. So if I'm speaking to the wife, you don't feel like you're doing it all so that you feel resentful and you ask for help and you be open to receiving help from your spouse. Remember what you love about them. See them with your kids if you have kids and see what kind of dad they are, what kind of husband or wife or whatever that they are. And Think about it. Do you want to work on this? Why is this so amazing? What made me love this person in the first place? Stick around for two years, five years, 10 years, 50 years, maybe you're listening to this. But it's never too late to rekindle. It's never too late to try new things in a marriage, to try new experience, to go new places, to move somewhere, to try something new, to pick up a new skill. Pick up pickleball, maybe, maybe kayaking, maybe horseback riding, maybe painting, maybe you're doing pottery together. I don't know. What is it? The bow and arrow. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're picking up and playing, you know, intramural softball or baseball together or tennis. You're becoming, you know, tennis partners and you're going to learn something new and you're going to be horrible. And you're going to be like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And you're going to see that person for who they are and see them outside of that role that maybe you're just placing all this blame or whatever on them. But I hope that these tips, you know, wherever you are in your journey and in your marriage, if you are getting ready to get married or if you are already married or if you've been married for a long time or you've been married once or twice, I hope that these tips help. You know, like I said, we've been married for 18 years and, you know, it hasn't always been puppy dogs and rainbows and unicorns. There's been tough times in there, like, and we have shifted and we have changed and we've been there to support each other. And it, it's been hard, just like everyone else. If anyone has a marriage and they say, oh, it's never whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe it. I don't. Because I, I want to be real on here and say like, yeah, there's, there's always hard times. There's always tougher times. And then there's great times. And it's just a matter of, you know, the 13 things that I said, figuring out what works for the both of you, what works for you as a person, what works for him as a person and what works for you together and figuring that out. And uh, yeah, I would love to know if you have any tip that I have not mentioned on you know, an anniversary message or a tip to being in a marriage, being in that relationship that has really helped you, you know, maybe be really, really good. Maybe you've been married even longer than me. Like what's made you last in this marriage? How have you done it? What's your best tip for staying married, for having a joyful marriage, for having a lasting marriage? 
Because I don't want to say like, oh, to have a happy marriage, because it's not always happy. It's unrealistic. And I don't want to put those unrealistic expectations on this podcast because it's just not true. You can have a, a happy marriage some days, but some days it might suck. Some days you're like, what the good Lord, what was I thinking? Some days, you know, some days you might be second guessing and being like, what was I thinking? I got to get out. But again, those are the moments. Those are moments. And so you think about what's best for you, what's best for the relationship. You communicate, you try things, and maybe in the end it works and maybe in the end it doesn't. This is to come to you and say, these are some tips that I've had for our 18-year marriage that I have realized over those 18 years. Maybe somewhere at the very beginning, maybe somewhere, you know, in the last year, maybe somewhere, somewhere in the middle, but things that I just thought maybe they would help some of you that are in a relationship in a marriage, that how we have had a successful 18-year marriage. So Happy anniversary to my husband, Michael. It has been 18 years and here's to another 18,000. That's kind of creepy. I don't want to see myself in 18,000 years, 18 years together. All right, everybody have a great pod, have a great podcast. Have a great day. Have a great night. Whenever you are listening to this, if you have a great tip, I'm going to put a QA. and I think I can do this actually in the comments. That's on Spotify. But if you're listening anywhere else, send me an email, melissa at melissaclampett.com. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Send me a message. Let me know what is your best tip for a long-lasting relationship, a long-lasting marriage. What would you say is your number one tip? Or give me your top five if you have them. All right, guys. Have a beautiful day, my friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you felt like you were hanging out with your bestie because now more than ever, we need community and connection. If you loved this conversation and have a friend who you believe needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. It could transform their day. Share it on social too, because you never know who needs to hear this message. Follow this podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple so you will never miss an episode and don't have to go searching for it each week. Make your life easier, my friend. Your support means the world to me. If you found inspiration today, take a second and leave me five stars and a personal written review on Apple Podcast so more moms feel less alone. That's how this message gets out to more mamas. If you want to stay connected on other levels, check out my new website, melissaclampett.com. There you'll be able to subscribe to my newsletter, send me a personal message, join the Reawakened Mom Circle, get free resources, book me to speak at an event, or just check out my musings I write about this amazing life. I can't wait to get to know you on a personal level. If you want to continue this conversation and take action on something we talked about today, join me and other mamas in our free Facebook group, the Reawakened Mom Group. It's linked in the show notes because who has time to write it all down? Remember, we're stronger together. We're stronger supporting each other. We are stronger lifting each other up. We are stronger sharing our journeys and stories because you're not alone, like ever. I believe in you, mama. I see you. I hear you. I am Melissa Clampett, and this is the Reawakened Mom Podcast.